Welcome to the Christina Talks podcast. So today's guest is someone that some of you might know. I'm not sure. I think if not, you should know. Go and check out this person afterwards. They run lots of events for entrepreneurs in the UK. They've brought some amazing speakers onto their stages kind of speakers that most people interested in marketing want to be catching up with, that people that are into entrepreneurship are always following. So this is definitely a very connected guy um, and someone that, I mean, I don't know how many business owners have been supported by this person and, and their team over the last few years, but with their a, a growing empire, um, I'm going to say I... I really think this is someone that contributes a lot to the world of entrepreneurship here within the UK. And I'm really looking forward to just chilling out and having a chat with the fantastic Nick James. Hello, Mr. Nick James. How are you doing? Very well. Christina Robinson. How's it going? It's all good. It's all, all good. Welcome to Christina Talks. Very grateful for you joining me on the podcast today. Welcome. It's a pleasure to be here with you. Fantastic. So I have done a little intro, tiny, tiny intro and dropped a few hints as to who you might be and what you might be about. But give us the story. Like what's like, who are you, where are you from? But what what's your story? That could take like the whole hour we've got. So I'll do my best to give you the short version. Um, where do I even start? So I guess probably the thing that's most significant and most unique um, is that I was exposed to personal development, um, self-improvement from a very early age. Um, my mum was actually a trainer for Tony Robbins, um, who I'm sure, Christina, you've heard of and many listeners will also have heard of. Um, if you haven't, he's kind of like the number one personal development, self-improvement person on the planet. Um, so... Uh, like 12 years of age, I started getting in and around that world, that environment, and uh, I guess very quickly became obsessed with it. Just absolutely loved traveling all over the world, being around amazing people, um, people who were ambitious, already highly successful, interested in bettering themselves, whether that's in business, in health, fitness, relationships, you name it. Um, so I kind of just fell in love with that that world, that industry. I guess that was kind of the first time I, I didn't see it that way then, but it was the first time that I was really um, familiar with the concept of mastermind and peer group and being around people um, who were playing a bigger game. And uh, yeah, throughout my, my kind of teens and early twenties, just that seemed like the natural place for me to then form a career um, started off working for a company in sales and uh, later on started my own business in 2008. And I guess rest history. Here we are today. There's a few, a few bits around your, your business. So let's, let's just touch on those quickly. So obviously expert empires is the, the, the key thing that I know you for. So let's start there. Yeah. So expert empires, I guess, actually it's almost like, my, it's the culmination of those, well, it's a lot more years than I would care to admit now, um, those 27 years 
uh, of being in and around you know the world of personal development. Um, I guess the Expert Empires events, which of course, Christina, you've been to, are really the result of that. So it's my version of you know giving people the best experience when it comes to their own um, personal, professional, spiritual development and focusing on um, growing business. And uh, and so you know, like I said, I, you know, I learned about running amazing events from Tony Robbins all through my teens and early twenties. What I didn't mention was actually, you know, initially, of course, was there um, for my own benefit and my own development. And actually, within a few years, by my late teens, I was actually working uh, for Tony's organisation, um, flying all over the world um, as a uh, and not being paid to be clear, but you know it was being subsidized. My travel was taken care of. My hotel was taken care of, which when you're 17, 18 years of age, is pretty cool uh, to have all that paid for. Um, and so that was really my, my early education on, you know, I was working kind of behind the scenes. So uh, uh, understanding how the logistics of the event work, how the creative side of the event worked, um, how, you know, his organization uh, how it created world-class experiences for the people that attended. And so, you know, I was, I was around that immersed in it for, you know, a good probably five or six years, late teens, early twenties, which I guess was the best education I could have had to then start and grow and scale a business in this industry. Fantastic. So picking up on that, then thinking, um, and just, just for clarity, I always, I always send over a couple of like, Bullet, like literally no more than three bullet points. So these are things we'll probably touch on and a warning that I'm going to get sidetracked and go elsewhere. I love and it. we're I love are, it. let's get some let's four minutes elsewhere. in. Okay. So you've got a couple of kids, yours are way younger than mine. Okay. And if you think about that, you know, having that influence, you know, that being open to that world at that young age. I mean, I took my, my, my youngest is 16. I took her to an event, um, not one of your events, um, but to, to an event. Oh, hold, on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> you go to other events apart from mine. Shame on you. That is not oh, allowed. It was in between. I needed a top up. I needed a top up. Um, and so I took her to, to this event because to the outside world, we're weirdos. Yeah. We're proper, proper weirdos. And this idea of personal development is a strange thing. And on, only kind of, you know, people that walk barefoot in fields go to those kinds of events. You know, proper business owners like us don't. And there's this, this whole thing around it. And, you know, it's like they, my husband and my daughter refer to these people that I've met through these experiences as my phone friends. <laughs> They're not real people. So I took her along to this event and she spent the whole time angry. Okay. Really, really angry. And I think a lot of it was the fact that she didn't want to accept what she was immersed in because what she'd learned was that this stuff was also wrong. You know, this this is this is what the weirdos do. This is this is what the crazies do. This is, you know, this this is not normal. And yet the stuff that you learn when you are surrounding yourself with the right, you know, the, the people that are focused on growth, that are open to developing themselves. I mean, the lessons are huge. So when you think about sort of how that comes into education, and like I say, your kids are a bit younger than mine. Are you, like, how do you, like, what are your thoughts on that? 
Yeah, I think first and foremost, um, I think the best way to introduce your kids to, let's call it alternative education, is to be the best example of that. Um, so like my experience when I was 12 years of age, when my mum invited me to go to a Tony Robbins seminar in Hawaii and, you know, in fairness, my alternative was to stay with my nan in Birmingham and go to school for two weeks. So it wasn't that hard a decision, but it was an invitation, an opportunity, not a demand. It was, I'm going, if you want to come with me, cool. And I witnessed my mum over the previous year or so undergo this incredible transformation. She was literally a different person. Um, she had left her job. She'd got an amazing shape. You know, she was happier than she'd ever be. And so I'm going, whatever this is, and Hawaii can't be too bad, can it? Then like, it's worth checking this out. So I went with an open mind. So I think the first thing is um, forcing anybody to attend a seminar, read a book, the result you're looking for. Um, I think you demonstrating through your actions and your behaviors and then people get curious. It's, you know, this, and by the way, I think from some of what you said already, Christina, like this whole idea of going to seminars and events and, and developing yourself and like all of that for a lot of people seems alien, but think about it this way. How is it any different than a gym membership? Yeah. Why do people go to a gym? They pay money and, and often personal training, i.e. coaching from an expert somebody who knows better than they do, who will hold them accountable so that they can um, get in better physical shape, i.e. improve themselves. So th th that's not weird when you do it to make a physical transformation in your physical body. Why do we think it's weird when we're talking about making transformations or changes in your mental, emotional, spiritual life? Why, we, why do we see it as anything different? I really don't think we should. So think about... Um, Let's say you, know, you meet someone who's lost a bunch of weight or got in incredible shape. It's not weird for them to be asked, like, how did you do it? What diet did you go on? What gym did you train at? What, you know, who coached you? And then, of course, what happens is um, you explain like, how you got the result, and then more people, they go, oh, put me in touch with that trainer or you know, oh, send me some information about that diet or that nutrition plan or whatever it is. So I think it's now becoming more common and we do it in other areas, just not yet commonplace yeah. when we talk about mental, emotional, spiritual. Yeah. You know, it was, it was a really interesting, interesting thing to observe because I've seen adults behave in the same way. You know, oh, I've yeah. seen my I'm peers behind us. I'm, like, I'm not talking exclusively about kids now. I will do in a minute, but, yeah. but for me, it's no different. No, absolutely. But the, the, the thing was, it, so we were in London where the event was. I was like within the vicinity. There, there was like there was somewhere she could go and like, you know, go to Starbucks and hang out. She brought a camera. There was a, be there's a beautiful canal there. She could go and take photos because she's really. So she didn't have to stay in the seminars. It was like, if you don't like what the person on stage is talking about, leave the room. 
And I could literally see her almost like her body language, like arms crossed, like I don't want to be here. And I'm sending them writing messages on my phone. Like, it's, it's cool. You can like, you know, go to the room and have a nap if you want to. You don't have to stay here if you don't like it. And she's like, no, I want to know what they're going to say next. Yeah. And it's like she couldn't tear herself away. And I think this is what happens if you're open minded enough that you just you do pick up that one book or you join that one webinar or even if you take that step and actually commit and physically go to an event, it's like, I was going to use the analogy. It's like cocaine. Like once you've had a bit, you can't yeah. use addictive, maybe not the best analogy, Christina, but there is something about it when you're in the right room with the right people and the right energy, you can just, you can feel yourself lifting. Yeah. And what's cool is um, this kind of information education is more available now than it's ever been. You know, we can we can listen to you can go on Spotify uh, or Apple and, and and you can get podcasts from some with some amazing people, yourself included, of course. Um, and I'd like to say myself included as well on my podcast, but many others. Like you can get access to this information for free so easily now, um, which I think is a great introduction. This is why I believe um personal development self-improvement is becoming more mainstream is because it's becoming more accessible through podcasts through social media youtube for example um in particular so um to bring it back to the the kids conversation um my oldest son who's 12 his name's zach um when he was about eight or nine um there was uh, actually a client of mine back then who was running um a one day workshop for kids. And I, I literally just said to him, look, this is happening. Like I fancy going, do you want to come? Like, do you want to come with me? Cause also they did a bit for parents about how you can, um, you know, how you can be, uh, I guess it was, it wasn't a parenting workshop, but it was like, you know, how you can introduce your kids to personal development. So I that anyway i was like hey i'm going if you want to come with me cool and he, he decided to come with me which was cool and absolutely loved it um more recently so this was literally only over the last few months uh, one of our clients actually uh, somebody mastermind guy called tom owens um he runs uh, a mindset academy for nine to 13 year olds and so again i didn't like force feed it on zach i just went hey you know this is happening um he, you know, obviously now he's 12. He's got his, uh, he's got his own phone. He goes on Instagram, checks the guy out, watches some of his videos. And I'm like, if you want to do it, I'll pay for it. Um, just give, give me the word and we'll get you signed up. And it was like, he checked him out. And he went, yeah. Um, the guy's like, his, his core business is actually football coaching and he's coached like Premier League footballers. So that definitely made it cool. Um, <laughs> it was definitely a good approach. Uh, so, so you know, got, got Zach enrolled on that. So I think for me, um, uh, the answer I'd give to the question about getting young people, getting your kids into this world is actually no different than the answer I'd give you to getting other friends, family, colleagues into this world, which is first of all, be the example. That's number one. Um, and then second of all, um, make it easy and optional is probably the best way I can put it. I think parents dragging their kids kicking and screaming, or by the way, anybody dragging their significant other, brother, sister, mum, 
whoever, dad, along the line, is probably never going to end well. Um, it's just not going to, like you say, they're probably going to be shut down. Whereas if you be the example first, make it accessible, easy, and their choice, then likelihood is um, you'll develop uh, a much, uh, you, you'll develop somebody in a much more powerful way. Yeah. If you go into these events for the like the first time, you're dipping the, your toe in the water, and um, I know, like I say, in in the the prep stuff I sent over, I said like you know, let's not be promotional, but you know, I'm going to say it. If you are going to look at these things, look at Expert Empires events definitely because the, the caliber of speakers, the the people that are there, is so supportive. It, it's it's my 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 first event. You set up a Facebook group, people can get to know each other first of all. Um, and for about 30 seconds, I hated you. I remember, I remember <laughs> the conversation actually. You, you messaged before the event, and you were like, Yeah, like this is not my bag at all, but I'm going all in anyway. Yeah. That's it. I like, I'm literally, I'm there on my own. I don't know anybody. This is my, my first entry into this community. Um, see you there, folks. And, um, and yeah, Nick the arsehole put it up on the stage at the front. I did not like him for thirty seconds. Well, the, the reason I did it, though, the reason I did it was because you, if you know, you shared it now. So I'll, uh, your your post in the group was actually quite. It was really honest and a little bit vulnerable to say, you know, I'm coming to this thing. I don't know anyone. It's out of my comfort zone. I'm not really a, you know, uh, like I, I tend to work well with people I know, but I'm, you know, I'm not the kind of person that goes and just, um, you know, easily connects with people in a large group. Um, but the reason I shared it was because of the response, which was like loads and loads. I forget how many, there was probably, I think it was more than a hundred comments from yeah. people saying like, absolutely get it. I feel the same. Let's connect at the event or some, or other people that have already worked with us for a long time who are like, yeah, you know what? Like there's a whole crew of us that all know each other, like come and meet us in the bar on this day at this time and we'll, we'll hang out. And, and so the reason I shared it was really to encourage, first of all, to point out that you're not the only one and that a lot of other people feel that way to make everybody in the room feel a bit more relaxed. And secondly, that, you know, the whole, look, of course, you know, I'd like to think that the information, the speakers uh, on stage uh, are highly valuable, but really it's not just about that. It's about the people you surround yourself with and the community that you can get around. And, and, you know, that's not unique to my events, but that's something that I really try to build because it's been so important for me from when I was 12 years of age, getting around amazing people to today, the re the primary reason still, um, and it's been, you know, the last couple of years, uh, a bit more difficult, but the reason, you know, I would historically go to America um, anything between two and six times a year to attend seminars and conferences, yes, to learn, but primarily to connect, um, to, to partner with people. I mean, a lot of the speakers that I've been able to get on, a question I get asked a lot is how the hell do you get these speakers? Well, because I actually take the time and invest the money to go and build connections in the US. And so now it's, you know, I, I, I guess I now get the benefit of many years of doing that. So, um, of course, as you know, Christine, and my tagline that I say a lot, the more you connect, the more you collect. Absolutely. So I 
believe that when people are going to these events, whether it's your first one or you, you've been to 100, that every event you go to, you should have a something specific you want to get out of it. So whether it's the, the, the very, like I said, the first event that I went to, there were people speaking and I, I wanted to meet them. I'd read their books, I'd listened to their podcasts, I'd heard them at, at other things. And I want I wanted to meet them face to face and and say hello, which is that's the thing that's outside of my comfort zone. You yeah. come up to me and say hi, that's cool. Me coming up to you, me standing in the queue just so I can like shake your hand and have my photo taken with you. That's not me at all. You know, and it was like actually if I want to if I want to create a circle of people where you know th- these people are sitting in this circle, I need to do that stuff. Equally, there's other events I've been to where actually what I needed was, you know, when you get to that point of overwhelm in business, in home, the kids, the house, the everything else, and you just think, God, I wish the world would stop. So like, actually these events give you that. They give you that breather. They give you that moment. So, you know, it's like, for me, it does the same thing a retreat does. It gives you that opportunity to stop, reflect, get filled up again so that you can go out and fight another day. And and that's the case with, you know, obviously, as you know, Christina, our events in the main on the expert empire side are business related. So it's stopping all of that stuff so that you can spend a bit of time working. I know it's cliche, but on the business rather than in the business. But I'd say the same is true if you were to go and attend an event that's not business related, but is about personal development, self-improvement, and it really is the opportunity to work on your life rather than in your life. Because as you say, with family and looking after your house and um, and clients and your day-to-day activities in work or your business or whatever it is you do, like it's hectic. So, you know, getting out of that normal environment to work on things rather than in things, I think is really important, really valuable. Absolutely. We touched on community. uh, We've mentioned community a couple of times. We've mentioned the masterminds now. And I don't know, I think I thought masterminds were something that quite commonplace that everyone knew about. But there's been a few times now when I've sort of talked about the concept and people have just not had a clue. So I just wanted to hear from you. Obviously, you run masterminds as part of the business. So let's talk a little bit about, you know, what a mastermind is. At what point do you think you might need one? What's like what what criteria should be looking at before you join a mastermind? Because I know I've shared with you, I made some mistakes before I joined yours. Me too. So have I. And and I think, um, look, do I think everybody should join a mastermind? No. I think you should join a mastermind if you want to join a mastermind. And by the way, the term mastermind, that's what we use, but there are plenty of groups, communities, programs that don't call themselves masterminds that would just as easily serve the outcome that you're looking for. So first of all, you've got to decide what is it you want. Um, if you're looking for education and coaching, a mastermind might not be the best bet for you. You might be better off just hiring a coach. I have a coach that I work with one-on-one. I've also got a membership in a couple of different mastermind programs. So I I have both for different reasons. My coach 
helps me work on me and my companies. The mastermind is an opportunity for me to share and get ideas and form partnerships and collaborations. The reason I go to the mastermind and the reason I have a coach are different. Um, that was a bit of a tangent. That wasn't answered to the No, that's fine though, but I really I really like that. Question. I really like that though, because so I have someone that I've worked with one-to-one for it's coming up to two years. And I love working with this person one-to-one. They've made such a difference in just, I never would have come to your event if it hadn't been for the work I'd done one-to-one. Yeah. You know, and, and it was kind of like, this guy's out in Dubai and, you know, I needed someone that I could meet with on a regular basis, face-to-face, be in those circles and, and get the top-ups in between, right? And recently I've been thinking like, God, am I doing, have I got too much? Because I've got the coach and I've got this mastermind and there's, you know, and, and the, 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 if you're going to, if you're going to join this stuff, you've got to turn up. Yeah, obviously. You know, and then I'm thinking, right, am I spending so much time at this stuff now that it's becoming too much time? Am I, am I introducing too many influences and then doing naffle with it? If you only ever work on the business and not in it, then you, and by the way, it depends on what stage you are. Cause you know, you do reach a point where actually all you do is work on the business. You don't, you're not in it anymore, but you know, at the stage, most people probably listen to this podcast. Right? If all you ever do is work on it and never in it, you're not going to get the benefit. So there needs to be a appropriate proportionate amount of time and resource spent on business versus in business, I guess. So what are the, what are some of the factors? I mean, I think you've got to consider first of all, and, and I believe, as you know, Christina, that it, a lot of the time these, I guess these factors are dependent upon the stage of business you're at. Like if you're a startup, then like whether or not you should join a mastermind is probably a different debate. How much you should invest is a different debate. What type of group you should join is different. So it does depend on what stage in business you're in. It also depends upon what you're uniquely good at and not so good at. Maybe it depends on what industry you're in as well. All of these things are factors. Um, so, so let's, let's talk about um, investment first of all, because look, it's probably going to be a financial investment, albeit I am part of informal groups where I don't make any financial investment to be in them. So it's not necessarily a paid investment, although it could be, but that investment should be relative to where you are in your business journey. If it's a business mastermind, like it doesn't make any sense. If you're starting up from scratch and you've never run a business before, doesn't make any sense for you to invest 50 or hundred grand in coaching and masterminds, unless you happen to have many multiples of that just sitting around doing nothing. So the the investment should be proportionate to size of business. I I invest, it's six figures that I invest a year, well, over six figures um, that I invest a year in coaching and masterminds. Um, But that's, that's appropriate given the size of business that I'm running. So, you know, you got to, that's a factor to consider. The, the number one thing I think, there's two things I think that are probably most critical when you're exploring this. Number one, um, who is running it, fronting it, and how 
do you see that person helping you develop? Like, do you connect, relate? Do you have the same values? For me, that's that's pretty important. Personally, I'm not saying it should be important for everyone, but for me, it is. Um, the second part of that is who's in the program, who's in the group. Um, and this is where I feel that a lot of mistakes are made and, and the way that I've structured our programs is because of what I've observed elsewhere. Um, ultimately, you don't want to be the smartest person in the room or indeed... It, yeah, let's not make it about being smart or not. You don't want to be the most qualified, experienced, um, have the biggest business because then you're going to be giving a lot more than you're getting probably. Equally, you don't want to be in a room where you're miles behind everyone else because you're going to, that's going to potentially cause you to feel um, inferior and or the advice you're getting might not be appropriate for the stage in business you're in. Hence why we have different mastermind programs for different stages of business so that you can be around people who are, you know, in and around the same level of business as you. There might be some people that are a little bit behind, might be people that are at your level, might be people that are a bit further ahead. And for me, that's, um, that's a critical factor when we're talking about business masterminds specifically. By the way, I think, I think the same thing is, is relevant. Let's not make this about business masterminds for a sec. Um, the gym that I train at, um, I recently, uh, two months ago, joined a new class. And the reason I joined that class was because I knew that the people in there, in the main, were going to be fitter than me. Now that I wasn't, I'm not miles behind them. There's probably of the, uh, I think there's 15 or 20 people that are in that class each week. Um, also, it's a, it was a three month commitment, so I was paid up for three months, a class a week. Everybody else there was also three months commitment paid up. So I knew that we that that there would be accountability that I wouldn't flake out and not turn up. Um, and I knew that I wouldn't be the fittest person there. There'd be people that were kind of around my level, but then there'd be plenty of people that were fitter. So I knew it would cause me to raise my game. So I'm not just talking about business masterminds. This can be relevant anywhere in your, in your life that you want to make improvements. One of, the thing I wanted, one of the things I wanted to talk about was growth. Um, and it, it kind of ties in with this. There was something you shared recently on a, on a live. I won't go into massive detail, but you, you made a comment about, in terms of thinking bigger and you'd spoken to your coach and like basically they said to you, you need to think bigger. And one of, one of my reasons for getting involved in masterminds is that I had this big, big vision. And then all of a sudden I found myself living that vision and feeling like I'm not done yet. Yes. But you know, how do you think bigger? Well, there's, there's a couple of things. And, and by the way, there is no law or rule that says you must think bigger and strive for more. It's your call. Like you might get your business to a certain stage and go, I'm happy. I'm good. I'm just going to continue at this level for forever. You might do the same with your health and fitness. You might do the same in other areas of your life in terms of bu building personal wealth. You might do that. You might just get to a point and go, I'm good. 
And that's okay. So this isn't me saying you have to always go bigger, 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 because by the way, there are problems with that as well. Like the never satisfied, never happy issue. Um, But I think if you want to go bigger as you did in your business, that's why you joined our mastermind. and, And as I do with, our group of companies, and that's why I continue to invest in coaching. There's there's two things. Um, first of all, n- neither is more important than the other. But the first one I talk about is getting around people that are playing a bigger game. Like in the uh, the one of the masterminds that I'm in, I've been in it since 2014, so I've been in it seven years now. Um, when I first joined, I was one of the smallest businesses in the room. And that's why I joined. That's why I wanted to be there. Um, And I'd like to think that I could still bring some value to the table. I wasn't like miles behind everyone else, but let's just say there was plenty of people in there that were playing a much bigger game than me. And just being there caused me to think bigger. It just opened my brain to bigger possibilities than what I was even aware of at the time. And also it made me, as I got to know these people um, who I have massive respect for, in some cases, I got to realize that, hey, they're really no different to me. So in that case, I am capable in time of replicating the kind of results they've they've achieved. So I think getting around people that are playing a bigger game, that that just starts, that that causes, almost forces you to think bigger. And and the second thing is, um, I do believe, and I think, Christina, the, the, the conversation you're referencing from one of my recent lives, I do believe that everyone has at some level limited thinking and let's not make that a bad thing. Let's make that okay. So everyone has a limit on, um, for example, what they believe they're capable of earning. Now that number might be a hundred grand a year. It could be a hundred million a year. It could be a billion a year, whatever, but, but, I pretty much everyone without exception that I've ever met has a limit. Now they might not admit they have a limit or they might not. Experience is that you, you, you get what you believe you're capable of at that point in time. Um, so as you um, let's just talk about revenue in business for a minute, as you gradually increase and grow as so does your belief. So I now believe with, you know, absolute certainty that I am capable and will get our business to eight figures in the next couple of years. I know we will. I believe it 100%. I know it's possible. There's no doubt in my mind. But my belief about getting it further than that is probably a little shaky. So because I haven't got there yet. But when I get there to eight figures, then my belief of getting it to the next stage will come. So I think it's it's hard to force yourself or to try to get somebody else to believe that they're capable of achieving something, you know, miles out of their current reality. For me, it's incremental steps. Yeah. And that requires reflection as well to understand. So I, we had a conversation in, Max Out was July, wasn't it? The Max Out event at uh, Wembley. Max Out was September. September. Early, right at the start okay. of September. Yeah. Okay. 
So we had the conversation then and, you know, and I said some of the things you've said today, I, you know, I, I need to not be the big fish, yeah. you know, I, I need to be the little fish for a change and all that kind of thing. I need to think bigger and blah, blah, blah. And, and at that point I hadn't won any awards. Well, I've got two now. Yeah. I've, um, there's something else I'm trying to keep secret. And I almost blurted right in that second. So now I'm thinking, how do I get out of this? There is something, something that for me is big on the horizon. It's something I talked about at the last mastermind, um, that I've now put into action. And it's like, I'm still in this mindset. I need to think bigger. I need to think bigger. But as a point of reflection, I go, I was thinking that back at the beginning of September, but look at all these things I've achieved in between that at that point, did I believe I was at a level where I would be winning awards? Did I believe I was at a level where I would be embarking on this project I'm about to start? No. Yeah. How much bigger are you thinking now than six months ago? <laughs> yeah. I can't even put a figure on it. So, so, so apply that forward though. How much bigger will you be thinking a year from now and five years from now? Like it's, you, you can't really get your head around it. So, and, and I think it's just, for me, only my opinion, I, I think more people just need to be okay with their current reality as far as, um, you know, it, a lot of people set a goal that's maybe a year or maybe three months, six months out. Be okay with where you are now and that. And then when you get there, go again, rather than, you know, and, and I do think it's important to have the big, kind of the bigger vision for your business. Um, but you don't need to, the key is you don't need to have all the answers and know how you're going to do it right away. The, the, the vision comes first, the how becomes clear later in my experience. I, one of the biggest lessons I've learned, and I almost, almost word for word remember how it was said to me, and it was, you can always make another decision. Yeah. You know, I was like, there was something going on and I was, I'd like, I'd made this decision and it was taking me down a road and I was committed and I felt, I felt like I was, commitment's a big thing, it's a big value for me. Yeah, if I commit to do something, I want to see it through to the end, even if it's not working for me. You know, that that's where my I sort of describe it as my sickness. I can't let that go because I've made that commitment. Yeah. And what was said to me is you could always make another decision. Yeah. You know, Absolutely. and and it's and it kind of comes with, you know, when we set these goals, they require focus. And then things turn up that are outside of our control that create uncertainty and you know pivot was the word in 2020 but the reality is you've got to make a different decision you've got to yeah. shift your behavior maybe and you just got to be careful that you don't get into a habit of jumping from one thing to the next on a daily basis i know that's an extreme example but because otherwise you you'll never have the focus required to actually see something through but absolutely i think at one extreme, you don't want to be jumping from one thing to the next on a daily basis. On the other extreme, you don't want to be so stubborn that you stick to a decision all the way through if it's not serving you anymore. We're just coming up to the point where I need to like wrap up the podcast and you've basically just called me stubborn. I haven't called you stubborn. <laughs> I'm saying you, you, 
want, you want to make sure that you're at neither extreme. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. It's all good. Fab. Okay. So in terms of, I mean, you've, I know you do some fantastic stuff around sort of creating vision and sort of like the vision, the values, the mission, how you break that down um, sort of into a strategic plan as well. One of, the, one of the things that I did just before Christmas with the team, we took a day out, took the team off-site, um, and we basically went through. I didn't know what the hell I was doing. I made it up as I went along. <laughs> and basically, <coughs> sorry, excuse me. Basically, I, um, I sort of put a slide up and said, this, this is what a mission is. This, this is what a vision is. What's your vision? What's your personal vision? I gave them some questions as like prompts so they could write, you know, with silence, a bit of like a bit nice tinkly music going on in the background. Oh, music, yeah. Everyone's like, what is wrong with you, Christina? Why are you making us do this stuff? Because no one knew what was coming. We're like, we're, ha we're having an off day. We're having a strategy day. That was it. And I was basically asking them to plan the next 10 years of their lives. So they were, yeah, it was a win. Everyone was outside of their comfort zones. And we went through these activities and like values and all this kind of stuff. And it, at the end of the day, I unveiled. So the whole day there were these flip chart papers on the wall kind of reversed. And at the end of the day, after they as a group and I didn't engage, I just let them do it. They'd come up with a mission statement. They'd come up with our values and all this kind of stuff. And we unveiled it. And there was this like... <gasps> And then one of them said, it was a bit like watching Britain's Got Talent, you know, when the magician does the big reveal at the end and everyone's like, well, it, it was like, it was that moment. I've got no idea how we did it. It was, it's probably one of the best days I've had in business. I've got no idea how I did it. So I can't tell anyone else how to do it. You're the man, you tell them. <laughs> well, well the, the thing is, um, I do know how you did it. Because first of all, you made the decision and created the space for it to happen. By, by scheduling a day off, taking the team out of their normal environment, you created the possibility for that magic to happen. If you just head down on the treadmill, doing the day-to-day -day operations of the business, that kind of creativity can't happen. So the first thing you did was you got the team off-site, had a day and you know and, and you created the space for it to happen you asked them some great questions um so are you, are you asking me now to explain here how you create vision yeah just a couple of tips yeah, if, you know someone that's got a team or even if you're doing it yourself because it's quite it's quite a daunting task to sit there with a bit of paper and come up with five words it is. And the reason people struggle is, or the reason I struggled, you used to struggle with this, is because I didn't have a structure for it. So let me just give you a very quick kind of one or two minute overview of the structure, my structure, the, the, the structure that I use for creating a vision for business specifically, this is. So for me, vision's made up of three things. The first one is purpose. Why does your business do what it does? What purpose does it serve? in the world so purpose is why the second bit is mission 
which is the measurable journey you're on. So the purpose is not measurable, it's infinite. So our purpose for our group of companies is simply we develop people. The reason we run every Expert Empires event, the reason we run our masterminds, uh, the reason we invest in building and growing our team, uh, the reason we just acquired another company and brought it into the group called Super Genius was because it met our purpose called We Develop People. And for me, the more people we develop, um, the more we are fulfilling our vision. And of course, that's something that's really important to me because I've been in and around developing people, myself first and then others since I was 12 years of age. So the mission is probably, depends on what size your business is, you might be brand new starting up, your mission's probably a year. Um, if you're more established, it might be two, three years. Our, our, our mission tends to be four to five years out um, when you're at kind of our size. Um, and that is really just the measurable journey you're on. So um, what are the key metrics? I normally pick three. And then what are the year-to-year -year goals for those three metrics? So our three, as an example, are revenue. That's one way of measuring our growth, our progress. Number of tickets sold to our events, because we're a group of training and events businesses. And third, um, how many clients are we serving in our various masterminds and coaching programs. So those three things and our mission is essentially the year-on-year -year growth of those three numbers. And then finally, you've got values. So vision as a broad concept is made up of three things, purpose, why you do what you do, mission, how you measure your progress, and then values, how are you committed to showing up? Um, so that they, these are like guiding principles, if you like. Um, and we have seven uh, in our group of companies. Um, these are attitudes, um, beliefs, things like that, that, that guide you and the team. And I think, Christina, what you did um, is really important. The mistake I see a lot of businesses make is they decide upon the vision at you know the owner or on bigger companies, the board level, and then dictate it to everybody else. Um, what you did, which is absolutely what I recommend and what I do as well, is involve the team in the discussion. So then it's not Christina's vision that now we have to fulfill because she told us to. It's our vision that we co-created. Um, and that's one of the keys to having, I believe, um, you know, uh, uh, well, high retention and engagement of team yeah. is having them be part of the creation of that. Yeah. Previous years, I've always done exactly what you just described. I, I would do it. Most of the time, it didn't even get shared with the team. Yeah. It sits in my journal and I my business journal, and it, I carry that around with me everywhere I go. Yeah. And even if I don't have the physical journal with me, I have photos of it that are on my phone. And so I've always got that with me. I'm always, always physically connected to it, you know. And because we've seen growth in the team, I wanted to do it differently this year. Because I love working with recruiters, but I hate recruiting. <laughs> you know, it's not an enjoyable task. So the people we've brought into this business this year, I want to keep the culture we've always had. I, I, I want us to be the business we've always been. 
And I don't want these people to go anywhere. I want to invest in them. I want them to grow with the business. And part of that for me, what got me here today was I had this personal vision. And as that changed, it was always in line with the business vision and the the vision of the business always fed my personal vision. Mm. And so actually when the two were aligned, like I said, that's, that's why I went from freelancer to part-time to full-time to second in command to business owner. Yeah. You know, I always say I cheated, but I think (laughs) in some ways I had a tougher route perhaps, you know, but it's it's that alignment it is everything yeah and i think i think what you did with the team to get them to set their personal vision which you said was very uncomfortable for them at the start that's that's really important as well because then when they can see their personal vision aligns with the vision for the business then you create this bond this connection between the team and and the company that that is unbreakable um which is the key to engagement and retention of of people and the the other reason it's really important i think we do a lot of work with our team on their personal development self-improvement most of them have um uh, the kind of senior team all have an external coach that that the company pays for and that isn't cheap um the 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 rest of the team have internal coaching with the the person they report to so there's a lot of coaching that happens and person has in I think most people, if you said, um, you know, most people who are in traditional employment, if you said, how important is self-improvement, personal development and progression to you in your role? They'd be like, it's the most important thing. Like, I want to progress and develop and and, and grow. And, you know, and, and in some cases, that's more responsibility, promotion, more money, all of these things. That's important to them. Well, you can't do that unless you develop and improve. And probably the first step of that, which you did with your team, is getting them to set their personal vision. So I think, you know, even though it might feel a bit uncomfortable for your team the first time they do it, um, they would also have said before, I guarantee, if you'd said, how important is it for you in your role to develop, to improve, to be stretched and pushed? They go, yeah, bring it on. I want to do it. Well, guess what? This is what that looks like. And it might be uncomfortable. Let's do it anyway. Awesome. Nick, I'm going to wrap it up there. Um, I'm conscious of your time. Um, I think we could talk all day. There's like so many, like my brain's fired off in other directions and I've gone, no, leave that alone, Christina. So we will talk again for sure. Sure, I'd love to. Really appreciate your time. Thank you so much. If people want to follow the Nick James or reach out to you or connect with you, yeah. Where, where's the best place? What do you want them to do? A uh, number of ways, but um, if you want to, you mentioned a lot about Expert Empires and our events. So um, just go to expertempires.com, um, which is where you can find out what we're working on, what's happening. Um, I'm probably most active on Facebook. Um, so connect with me there, albeit, you know, friends wise maxed out, but you can, you can, you can kind of follow me on Facebook. I don't really do much. Uh, in terms of like creating content on social media. So I've got my podcast, Empire Builders. You can listen to that on most platforms. If you want to directly connect with me, probably Instagram DM is the best place to do that. Awesome. Awesome. Once again, thank you so much. And I'll catch up with you very soon. Thanks for having me on. I've enjoyed it. 